Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And if you are from the central Ohio area, you got snowed on today. You did. Quite a bit, actually. Yeah, today is Sunday that we're recording, so obviously yesterday you got snowed on as this comes out on Monday, but uh, that wasn't fun. I don't know. It was like a really wet and gross snow. It's like the snow that I literally just got done talking about hating with a lot of, of the fiber of my being. Yeah, no, it was it was the really gross, like, when it hits you in the face, because I was running errands in said snow. Um, it's kind of like a wet slap. It's really oh, gross. A wet slap. How many wet slaps have you received? Mine have always been dry, but I... <laughs> I mean, my grandparents, my grandparents had a pool when I was growing up. So my sister and I would slap fight all the time. Oh my God. I also punched my brother in the face in a swimming pool one time. Yeah. So those are wet slaps slash childhood trauma. Yeah. That's for our other podcast that we release on the other days of the week. (laughs) What if? Yeah. What if? No. What if we've just had a podcast on the side this entire time that just like actually is what like funds this podcast, and it's just about our super successful. Are we Karen and Georgia? No, (laughs) we're not. Uh, If only. Correct. Yeah. Our what? What are we going to name our memoir book? Um. I asked too quick, didn't I? You did. There's, I mean, there. For those that don't know, there's a "Stay Sexy, Don't Get Murdered." Ours can be "Stay Broken, Have Low Expectations." <laughs> well, damn. But anyway, y'all are listening to a podcast about hockey, specifically <laughs> the Columbus Blue Jackets, and um. They did play hockey this weekend. They did they play did. hockey the previous weekend. And I and I I I hesitate to add too many adjectives to the word hockey uh because I think that I might cause some turmoil. I mean, it was hockey. It was hockey after a uh 6-day off streak for the Blue Jackets. So um I think that come has come into play a little bit. Um, having that big of a gap and playing against teams who have been playing much more than we have um, mm-hmm. is hard. It was definitely hard on our goaltenders. Um, Woof. Yeah. Woof indeed. And, you know, um, one game was definitely better than the other one. Um, but neither one uh, went in our favor unfortunately um but the the one that definitely went better was friday night the blue jackets faced off against the washington capitals for the first time since before the covid shutdown um so it's been quite a while since we've seen the other red white and blue team in nationwide arena correct yeah and i and i think it was just so much fun for me and you know you recognize the hate that is in between these two teams and it's just fun to watch them play each other again. You know, it's, it's a matchup that I think when Blue Jackets fans talk about like their most hated teams, I just feel like the Capitals like kind of don't get enough credit for being like a hated team. Maybe I'm like not paying attention to the right conversations, but I think, you know, obviously you hear more, oh, you know, the Penguins, you know, so there are some crazy people out there that hate the Predators. I don't know what that's about. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, yeah, like the Lightning, the Predator or the Penguins, excuse me, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and the Bruins. These are teams that make sense to me intuitively. But uh, yeah, we don't usually talk a ton about the about the Capitals. And so I love watching the Capitals play in Columbus because I feel like it's always a really good matchup. I mean, it's more so I definitely came when I started being a fan was when there was a lot more rival rivalry between the Capitals and us. It was, you know, one of my first playoff series was 
us versus them, us winning the first two games in their arena, like everyone thinking that this that was going to be the year that we finally yeah, that, the first round. Then what happened? <laughs> and then it all went to shit. Um, but no, I think I think that version of the Capitals is much more of what would be the hated version. I think that the Capitals now look so much different than they did back then when we had those pretty strong feelings about one another. Um, I think right now the only the only thing that I really don't care for with the Capitals is fucking Tom Wilson. So um, not yeah, a fan. I don't think I don't think he's making any fans as he makes his tour around the league this year of all the players or all the teams that like didn't have to play him last year. I feel like I feel like he's not making any friends, but. But yeah, one player that definitely still does play for the Washington Capitals, though, is Alexander Ovechkin, and he's really good at hockey. <laughs> he's really he is, good. and and we we witnessed one of his moments in history. Um, yeah. He did become the fourth highest uh, goal scorer in the NHL by scoring on us uh, during the first Ooh. period, <laughs> during the first period of Friday night's game. Um, you know, it's one of those situations, and me being new to sports, and definitely newer to hockey. Like it's one of those things where you do have to learn about just the joy of seeing, being able to see these like legendary players play, like regardless of whether we win or lose against their team. Like, you know, we've seen a couple moments in Alexander Ovechkin's like career history, like, which is just incredible because you can't argue. You cannot argue that he is not phenomenal at this game. Um, right. Thank God he wasn't peak phenomenal on Friday or else things could have gone a lot differently. Um, <laughs> but he did get the one in, which was what everyone was watching for. They wanted to see him take, you know, over that fourth place position and, um, so yeah, that happened pretty early on. So we got to check that box. Um, but like we said, out of the two games, this was definitely the one that we should have won. Um, Jeremy will get to have his analytics corner uh, here in a little bit, but we just definitely should have won. Like the energy from us was so much better. Um I think that we were playing for a team that hadn't played in six days. I thought we looked pretty good. Um, Sean Corrali was really a big part of that whole experience on Friday. My God. He got his first two goals um, as a blue jacket and he was just on fire. Like could not be stopped. Wanted to have, I, I don't know if he was going for a hat trick or a Gordie Howe or what, but he was ready to fight. He was ready to score. He yeah, was ready all to the above. Wall, like in it with Sean Corrale. Yeah, he was going to do it all. He had no business <laughs> being as good as he was uh, on, on Friday and really on Saturday too, uh, which of course we'll get to. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just a game that the Blue Jackets should have won, right? Uh, you know, you know, my friends at Money Puck, you know, this is where I go. And and maybe there are better places to go. I'm not sure. But, but yeah, expected goals in all situations. The Blue Jackets, <laughs> three and basically a third. And, and the Capitals had about one and a half, right? And, and so, you know, the first three Capitals goals, you know, came before they even had like a, an expected value of one, uh, you know, before the third period where, you know, they finally like started to, you know, get some better opportunities and so yeah i mean this one the blue jacket should have won i mean like i said y'all should go to money puck if you just want to get a basic understanding of analytics and they have this like deserve to win a meter that i've talked about before uh and the blue jackets on the deserve to win a meter 82.9 percent and the capitals 17.1 so it's one right that like the energy from start to finish was just so good. And, and, and the blue jackets were down three, one in this hockey game, right? Like don't forget. And so then, you know, Sean Corrali, you know, wills his way. He scores the first goal of the night, obviously, but then wills his way to a second goal. 
which was beautiful, by the way. Like, it's not a goal that I think you expect Sean Crowley to be scoring frequently, but he does <laughs> on Friday. And and then, you know, Gus Nyquist, you know, only – I think it was only like 22 seconds later, I want to say, uh, you know, puts, puts away his second of the season, which, you know, what was good for the sense that, like, I – we've had conversations off the podcast and maybe even on the podcast that like that's a player right for the blue jackets where if you want to continue to have a good season you want to continue to keep the stretch up of of winning games that like are close you come back like you're playing teams that you maybe shouldn't beat but you are racking up some wins with this roster players like gus nyquist like have to show up and gus has not constantly done that and so to see him be able to score was relieving. Uh, obviously you can have conversations about like play away from the puck and just like seeing whether or not, you know, is he trying to force stuff? But, but yeah, I, you know, that makes it three, three. And, and then the jackets just, and you're waiting for the fourth goal to happen, right? Like you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting because the opportunities are presenting themselves and it just, it just never comes. It just never happened. And, you know, it's just, I, there's not much else you can say. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, no, we definitely, after um, Sean Crowley's second goal and then almost immediately following Gus Nyquist's first goal of the night, I think it was definitely felt throughout that, hey, we, we can do this. Like, we can, we can get into this. We're going to come back. Like, but it was just a fight like a pure fight I mean there when you look at the goals scored in between Sean Corrales two goals so they get the the Capitals get three goals pretty quickly and off of really inconsistent mistakes made by the Blue Jackets like a lot of turnovers that resulted in all three of these Washington goals which like Lars said in his post game like should not have happened. Like, and we've talked about this before that puck possession is something that they have been struggling with. Um, and you can probably tell me what lines were out there when these happened, but um, there are definitely some players that we have spoken about that are struggling with puck possession and they keep trying to do fancy shit when they're on the ice with the puck and which causes them to lose it. And you're like, you have to stop. This is something that Torts used to say all the time. And I'm sure that Lars has his version of it as well. But like, you can do the fancy when you're winning. And you can do the fancy when you're in a rhythm with your line. You can't do the fancy when things are still getting solidified. When you're trailing three to one. Like, you need to strip it down to the basics in order to keep yourself in a game. And I think once those sorts of things happen, like we will become more consistent and not have to fight our way back so hard because I think we could have taken away at least one of those three goals had we been better at puck possession Friday night. But yeah, the the Capitals got those three goals pretty quickly and then immediately we fire back with Corrali and Nyquist and then the rest of that second period and all of the third period just a battle like just a battle to see who was going to get that fourth goal uh breaking news it was the Capitals um (laughs) uh and we lost so I think though right like first of all do the fancy is very funny to me. Like I had to contain my laugh laughter, just like the the phraseology of do the fancy as opposed to like, <laughs> it was really good. I was really a big fan. And I, I think too, to your point, right? Like, like also you can say these names with your chest, right? Like it's Gus Nyquist. It's, you know, <laughs> it's these players that have kind of like that line to me, like of Gus Nyquist, Oliver Bjorkstrand and Boone Jenner. It just, I'm not inspired by it, like, the way that I have been inspired by some of the matchups and some of the lines uh, throughout the season so far. And I think, like, right now what we're seeing, and maybe this is, like, leaning in a little bit too 
to um, you know Saturday's game is that the line that's been the most consistent and has been the best and was the best this weekend was easily <laughs> uh, what people would describe as the fourth line, which is Corrali, Texier, and Robinson. And, and I don't think anybody would would call that a fourth line if you watched this weekend's play. I mean, that line was playing really, really well. And they're playing often too. Like they were not getting fourth line minutes. They were getting second, third line minutes and rightfully so, because when, when Lars needed somebody to go in mix it up and to just generate some offense and to control the puck, that was the line that did it. Like that was the line that was able to forecheck. That was the line that was able to back check and was able to limit the opportunities that the Capitals had on Friday and limit the opportunities that the Rangers had on Saturday. And I mean, five on five play, that line was out there. The expected goals were 1.25 and the expected goals against were 2.74. So, I mean, pretty drastic, right? Like in not only how much they were producing, but also how much they were shutting down because that's just as important uh, when we talk about like defensively sound hockey or we talk about, you know, generating offense, but not giving away <laughs> the same amount. And so I've, I've been thoroughly impressed with the play of that line. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things we talked about it last night in the car, um, you know, it's, we're getting to a point a little bit where these placeholder players that we have in the lineup right now, because we have injuries and illnesses with some of our main roster, like people we're, we're our weaknesses are really starting to show. Um, and that is not a, not great for a young team trying to figure out um what it needs to do, what it can do, what its identity is, all that sort of stuff. So granted, we're only 12 games, 12 games into the season. So like no one should be panicking at, at all at this point. It's just these are, it gets frustrating when, you know, as a fan, um, you go this long stretch of days without any of your, any games for your own team playing and you're excited, two home games, two big teams. Um, Friday night was, we'll talk about it a little bit, but Friday night was, you know, hockey fights cancer night. So it's this big, you know, and you just want to go into the arena and have this like big return moment kind of, and it just sort of falls flat because, you know, and, you know, I feel bad for situations like that with Sean Corrali, who had, just this incredible night on Friday, um, which did bleed into Saturday, but just this incredible night on Friday and thinking about him being this kid from Columbus who is finally sort of shaken like all of that weight off of him and is gets his first two goals for his hometown team, the team he grew up loving and watching and all this sort of stuff and was legitimately like, I want every single facial expression of Sean Corrale, like from Friday night's game, because he's just pure, like joy and excitement. Like even his second goal, which was a very boon general, like goal to just like hit it and then fall, <laughs> fall straight on the ice. Um, he actually got like bumped by another player. I was say, yeah, he, he got slid um, into but and then still just immediately hop up and throw himself into the glass like that yeah. is the level of excitement that he had and it's just it is like it does kind of take the wind out of your sails when a player has that kind of night and we we can't bring it home for him um so yeah it was friday was the better of the two um but and I think you can probably speak to this. We we saw both goaltenders this weekend, and both of them struggled more yeah, than think, they should. Yeah, and I think like I think it goes back to this conversation that we've talked about about like yeah, I think there are assumed roles in this situation. It's just that the timing of the schedule and the way that the starts have cycled where both of these guys are getting a week off in between games and, and they're not getting a chance to really you know, work out any of the things that they need to. 
I think it's hurting both of them a little bit right now in this little stretch. And, and again, like, God, you listen to this podcast. We sound so goddamn negative in this episode. Uh, and I think that there's not really all that much to be as negative as we are about. And so I'm like trying to check myself like mid show. <laughs> but like, I, I think that like, when, when you consider what this team is missing right now, and you consider the age of the people who are filling in the gaps of what's missing. I mean, you know, for better or worse, right now we have players like Gabriel Carlson, Andrew Peak, you know, Gavin Bayreuther. You know, they're all playing really pivotal roles on our blue line right now. And for the most part, doing pretty well, actually. And Jake Bean is young, too. Like, like, like this is a very young defense. And so there are going to be moments, right, where where this doesn't work out. Like, there's going to be moments where something happens and and things go south and we let up a goal that maybe we shouldn't and we leave somebody like Elvis or Corpusalo out to dry. I, I think the argument <laughs> of the team plays better in front of Elvis was kind of moot on Saturday. I don't think that that was the case. I do think that they actually played better in front of Corpy this weekend. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah, Washington scores with, I think, a minute and 32 seconds left something like that to to win the game. Connor Sherry, a former uh, Pittsburgh Penguin, which just like grinds my gears even more. But but yeah, so then then we turn gears, we look at Saturday and you know, I think Saturday was you know, I was just as excited for Saturday, right? Like it's a similar situation. We haven't played the Rangers in so long. Uh some familiar faces coming back which I'm sure we'll talk about. And Again, like just the excitement of playing a team like that, I just feel like it puts a good vibe in the nationwide. And so, you know, we come out and we look good again, right? Like we come out, we're looking good, we're feeling good. It's S A T U R D A Y night, you know, as they say in the arena. But <laughs> things change quickly in this one. And you know, Jakob Voracek gets his first as a blue jacket, which is so exciting. I was very happy about that. Bjorki and Asili got assists on that goal. And it was really a simple play. Like, it was really, like, a simple shot from, from Jake. And and I think the thing is, is, like, people have criticized him for not shooting the puck very often this year. But when he does, he puts it home. And so that was really nice to see him finally get his first as a Columbus blue jacket take two. Yeah, and then our once former star player. Well, uh, he wasn't once former. He's currently former. Currently former <laughs> star player. Uh, Artemi Panarin decided that um, he was going to feed off of the fan reaction that he was getting instead of what I think fans were trying to do, which was, like, make him feel shitty. Instead, it just, like, fueled him with rage and ambition. I because just, yeah. Yeah. He, he was out for blood. And I think, too, like, this is where I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. I know I'm going to get in trouble. I get it. In trouble with me or with trouble with other fans? Because I did probably not do him. No, you didn't know. And it's probably not super with you. I think we've both, I think we disagree on like our philosophy on him leaving. Just generally speaking, like I'm of the belief that like he was traded to the Blue Jackets. Like he didn't have any like no trade clause or anything like that. Right. Uh, as an RFA, he signed a two year contract that took him to his UFA years. And he the the two years that he played in Columbus, he worked his ass off. He's the holder of records in this city because of how hard he played and how well he played. He is part of the reason that this team has its biggest accomplishment in team history, which is uh, sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning. And and in his UFA year, he decided he wanted to go play somewhere else. Like, I just, you know, I hate it. Like, I hate that that's the case, right? But, like, I think to boo him just generally, like, is, like, in poor taste, kind of. And 
to do it three years after the fact, like I, I don't know. And, and now he's going to get it and he might deserve it a little bit more. Right. Because of like some of the like reaction that he had, um, you know, just scoring his goal, waving to the fans, calling the fans, t- telling the fans that they were being a little lazy and they're booing of him. You know, he's probably going to get a little bit forever now, but I don't know. I just, the idea, it just baffles me a little bit. And like you said, right? Like it's nothing more than just putting fuel on the fire. And it makes me think, right? Like I feel like every time I've watched a game where there's somebody on the ice who's getting these boo birds, whether it's, you know, Jeff Carter or, you know, even Rick Nash for a while. Like, can we talk about that? Like, uh, you know, (laughs) those players always like played really, really well. (laughs) They're like fueled by that. And and I don't know. I just think that three years is plenty of time to get over whatever animosity you have towards somebody for for choosing to go somewhere else, even if we were offering more money, even if, you know, I don't know. I just, it rubs me the wrong way and I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I have, I have, I've talked about them before. I have very specific feelings about our tummy Panarin. Um, not so much about like the decision that he made. Like it was very much so in his right to take his UFA and do with it what he wanted. Like that's not really my issue. My issue is his like just his general attitude and like comments that he has made, which are unnecessary. Like, and you know, because regardless of things Columbus is always going to be like part of his career and part of his like you know history as a player and he's just said things most of the time he doesn't say them in to American media he said he says them when he speaks to foreign sports affiliates and then they get translated so maybe they're being translated incorrectly but he has said some stuff that you're like that's not really necessary um but, you know, and similarly with his reaction to, to last night, yeah, use the, use it as motivation if you want, but it's not exactly in good taste to then say things in the press, but it is what it is. I did not boo him. I did put him on my bench on my fantasy team because Jeremy told me I wasn't allowed to have players on there anymore when we play against them. But then he gets a bunch of fucking points from Adam Fox. So let's see who's the issue now. <laughs> um, it's obviously you for drafting Artemi Panarin because he's still shat all over our team. So <laughs> um, You're the only one who benefited from us losing. That is true. So... That is true. Because guess what? I'm a player. Yeah. A player. So people, you can be mad at Jeremy, not at me. I did the right thing and benched Artemi Panarin on my fantasy team. Let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. If we had signed somebody, right, who played a couple years at a team and he was getting booed whenever he went back to play in that place, you would be absolutely fired the fuck up if he reacted the way that Artemi did and like waved to the crowd and was like, fuck y'all. Like, like, tell me I'm wrong. Like you would be living for it. Every single blue jacket fan would be. No, you would be because it's swagger, right? Like it's like I'm a blue jacket. Fuck you. Like I like I am this person. Like, and if we had that, you would be all about it, and so would everybody on this on the, in this fan base. And so that's where I get a little the bit. Funny, the funny thing about that though is like I've never in the four years that I've been a fan of this team have not even experienced a situation like that. We're gonna get those moments. This year, probably, depending on, <laughs> well, we're not going to get it um, when we thought we would uh, next week or Thanksgiving week because Patrick Line won't be back in the lineup when Winnipeg comes to Nationwide. So, yeah, but those are different situations. Yeah, that's like still the flip, right? Of like somebody being traded from the Blue Jackets and coming back to Nationwide. I'm talking about, say, Jake Voracek goes to Philadelphia. Philadelphia's booing Jake Voracek. Jake Voracek scores, and he's like, haha like that's what i mean like i don't mean like the reverse i've either way i've never we've never had a situation no, like that at the time we haven't. so i i guess i don't know but i just i don't necessarily love i don't necessarily love that kind of attitude like 
It's swagger. It is. It is. Artemi Panarin has swagger. I don't care who what anybody says. Like I, <laughs> the man does. Like, and and he deserves to have it because he's really fucking good at hockey. <laughs> like, I mean, potato, potato. I guess he is good at hockey. I just don't like, you know. And this is where we agree to disagree, as fans. <laughs> yeah, this, this is what it is. I don't. I don't love it. I don't like booing players. Like really in general like i hate i absolutely cannot stand when people when brandon holtby comes and plays at nationwide arena and people yell at him i honestly cannot stand it i think it's stupid like so you know i don't i guess i don't really know how i would feel if it was one of our players getting booed like from their former team but you know I do think there's, you know, there are definitely some fans that are very reactionary to Artemi Panarin and it's because he is confident and he, you know, but it also has been three years. So, like, let's just move on. <laughs> Correct. Agreed. And speaking of moving on, uh, Eric Robinson scores uh, his, uh, I believe, his second goal of the year, which is also the Blue yeah. Jackets' second goal of the night. Uh, and, you know... He again, like this line. (laughs) Why is this this line the one that's generating all of our offense? What's going on? Um, you know, he looked really good tonight, or not tonight? Oh my god, (laughs) on Saturday night too, and then, um, then uh, it happened. The wheels fell off. Yeah, and it just like, oh my, like it, it just like. First of all, was the shortest span of time three goals have ever been scored against the Columbus Blue Jackets in franchise history. That's 21 years, folks. A minute and three seconds, three goals. 63 seconds, three goals. That's a goal every 21 seconds for all of you math majors out there. And honestly, like, Elvis is such Elvis is such a bigger person than I am because I think at that point – because there was definitely a defensive breakdown for at least two of those goals. I think at that point, I just would have been like, you know what? I'm good. Like, Corby can come out and finish this because this is stupid. Like, there just was no defensive presence in front of Elvis. And the Rangers could not have taken more advantage of that situation. They knew it. They knew in every single one of those goals that we were not there to help him. There was at a point Elvis came out and played the puck himself. He he had no other choice. Granted, did it end up in the back of the net 10 seconds later? Because again, he was basically by himself. Yes, but he had no other choice. Because they knew exactly what they were doing when our defense just disintegrated in front of Elvis. Correct. And I and that's what it was, right? Like it's just like so much like so many defensive breakdowns that just <laughs> led to this. I literally moment. just spilled water all over myself. Sorry. Oh good. Good. <laughs> Did your mouth move? Like, has it been in a different place? Like, <laughs> after these years? So, yeah. And I, I think, like, then, of course, you're looking at a 4-2 hockey game. And even at that point, right? Like, you're down, like, two goals. It's not insurmountable by any amount of, the, like, any stretch of the imagination. Because you've been in this position before, right? Like, you've been able to rally and kind of figure it out. And, and keep in mind, right? Like, this is not just, like, this is earlier in the period it's like before the the mid midpoint of the second period that all of this breaks loose and so you have over half of a hockey game right to kind of dial it in to figure it out but you know to brad larson's point right you start chasing it and then this team started to do that a little bit which is something that they hadn't done and this is where i would say you had about four and a half good periods of hockey because up until that point like i thought the jackets were playing pretty well against the rangers i thought they looked pretty good uh but obviously you know this game 
it's fast, right? Like it can change on a dime and it did on the jackets on Saturday. And this is a moment where when you have a younger team, these are the, these are the things that are really important to take and to learn from because you can't get into too many situations. You know, you've had a handful of games recently where you've been down in the third period, you've been able to figure it out. You've come out with the win and that's an, an important lesson to learn, right? It, it instills confidence and all that kind of stuff. But what you can't do is you can't get complacent and you can't feel like you, you can make up any deficit that, you know, exists and because you can't. And they weren't able to do it in this one. And it really got out of hand, you know, pretty early in into the third period where Chris Kreider scored a power play goal 52 seconds into the period to make it 5-2. And that was kind of right where, like, it felt like it was it was almost impossible to come back from. Now, Alexander Texier does add a goal, uh, you know, about halfway through the period. Uh, also takes out Igor Shosturkin because he was cross-checked into Igor Shosturkin. And <laughs> then a melee breaks out, in which I really don't understand why any Ranger felt the need to be involved or, like, hold anybody accountable for that other than... Yeah, I, I, talk about I forget exactly who it was confusing like three or four minutes of hockey because the Rangers were pitching a fit about Texier falling on top of their goalie when their own player cross-checked him into him. Yeah, Patrick Nemeth. And then Kreider goes after Sean Corrali, who wasn't even part of this situation like literally just bum rushes him into the glass like and you know naturally as it is with Columbus Blue Jackets you know Lars can't negotiate for the refs to you know call anything on the Rangers even though clear is like literally the entire arena was like he clearly cross-checked him like you know, like, there was no, and I know there's a bunch of stuff about, like, replay and whatnot, but the refs were all down there when it happened because that's when we scored. So they were all down there because this happened after we scored. Like, it was all very stupid. And I do feel bad. <laughs> it was. It was. It was a bunch of grown men throwing a pity party, like, when they were winning, like, it's not like the Rangers were losing, like, and then they wanted to pitch a fit. Like, it was just very stupid. And I do feel bad. Their goalie did go off the ice, basically for a potential concussion protocol. But, you know, it it was just very stupid. It's and, a freaky play, right? Like, it's just a freaky play that happens. And, you know, that's hockey. But to your point, like, I, I just... Might I, I, I'm sure like, and this is me trying to do the rational fan thing again for the second time on the show where it's like, if Elvis was down on the ice, like I'm sure that there would be a blue jacket, right. That like, wasn't thinking clearly and would like go after somebody. Like I can understand it from that perspective of like, but it's still just like, it's just silly. And we have, but this was just such a blatant, like weirdness, like, and you know, and it's not even more so like, I I understand the whole like he cross checks text like fine their goalies on the ground I don't understand what occurred afterwards I don't understand the Chris Kreider thing I I don't understand I Crowley had to have been chirping or something like I can't imagine like I I'm so confused so but it was it was ridiculous and it just took it it was just a kind of a nail in the coffin thing as far as energy was considered like. From not that we were gonna come, not that we were gonna come back after Texas goal because I think everyone was gassed at this point, um, fans included. Uh, but yeah, it was just not a great look and really just a weird way to end the game. And I know that I, I too feel like this has just been a bunch of negative Nancy stuff. Which is ridiculous because we know that we're going to have games like this. It just was a bummer to kind of have like this long break and to come to two sort of frustrating games in a row. 
Yeah, I agree. But you know what's not frustrating? DraftKings. Yeah, winning money on DraftKings is super simple, super intuitive. And because the NHL season is underway, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. And it doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deflection. However they like the lamp, you win, including if you get cross-checked into the opposing goaltender and the puck just somehow finds its way to the back of the net. It's beautiful. The sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit, and you're going to want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. You're going to throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And speaking of stars, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's not at all what I meant to say. And speaking of gambling, one would think of, you know, the shining lights of Las Vegas. So maybe you'd think about a star. Jesus. Um, that was and, and we made it. <laughs> it's just like was really bad. We're going to talk about our stars in this one or, or over the course of the weekend. And I'm going to say since you won the rock, paper, scissors last time and you did your stars last time i'm gonna do them this time but like okay. karen and georgia we'll like switch every time from here on out that was just a determining factor and now we we're here um so i i don't know why i'm making this choice but my third star is gavin bayreuther <laughs> seattle's finest yeah seattle kraken legend gavin bayreuther um, I just feel like him and, and Gavi have been a really decent pair. And I think I do think that they were complicit in some of the defensive breakdowns that occurred over the weekend. But generally speaking, you know, st- you look at like analytics, right? Like, oh God, I'm going to get myself in so much trouble. But like five on five, right? Like they played in um, in Friday's game almost like they only played like probably a shift less than uh, Wierenski and Bean and you know they're on ice for 0.82 goals uh, expected goals and you know as far as like letting up goals 0.32 and so really efficient like generating but also shutting down like I appreciate it I think that they've they've played really well and also like honorable mention to the bottom four defensive pairings that I thought have just been pretty good they've been pretty good uh my number two okay all right i just feel bad because i've definitely ragged on this player quite a bit and even laughed when i thought you were going to include him in your top three and your three stars for a weekend once but alexander texier has come to play he really has he's looked really good the last three or four games really he seems to be finally finding his feet and and again like i don't think that that fourth line is anything of the sort like it's not a fourth line it's been playing like a third or a second line and they're producing and they're producing against really good you know really good opponents and so yeah a goal and assist for him on the on the weekend and hometown boy sean crowley gets my number one star uh i mean he's just like what was kind of like the epitome of how I thought the team played this weekend. I think of him, like I think of like the keys, the one. And so he's my easy first star. What I'm interested to see though, is now that we're getting into a stretch of the season where we'll be on the road a little bit more frequently. Matchups are obviously important. I wonder how much that line could possibly like, I wonder how much coaching has been a factor in how good that line has looked. Because obviously, if you are the home team, you get the the last line change before a faceoff, before anything like that. Uh, and so, I wonder how much that could potentially affect 
how this line performs. If if a team can cycle a line that they know will shut them down, that they, that can counteract that line. So we'll see. I'm interested to see what happens. But those are my three stars. Gavin Bayreuther, Alexander Texier, and Sean Corrales. Wow. I did almost spit out my water again when you said Gavin Bayreuther. But he's not in my top three. But I did want to say that if anyone was going to defend against Alexander Ovechkin, Gavin Bayreuther was like, let me do it. And he just was on Alexander Ovechkin. Like, if they were out on the ice together, he was like, hi, I'm going to be your shadow. And I'm not afraid that you're, like, the best hockey player on the land. I'm going to shove you around a little bit. And so, like, Gavin Bayreuther, we joke a lot about him. But, like, he is making, he is trying to make his name, you know, stick so that he doesn't get sent to Cleveland or he doesn't like so like big ups my honorable mention of Gavin Bayreuther as well but I was just shocked to, to hear you say that um but so my third star is you know I was looking at different stats and things over the last two days and really the last kind of two weeks because we had such a large gap. So it was hard to like, remember who did what. Um, but my third star is going to go to Oliver Strand um, because even if he's not scoring goals, he's situating himself that he's on a, like a five game point streak. Like he's helping make plays. He's getting assists. He is being, you know, Oliver's always been quietly, just really good like he's there he's there in the moments that we need him he makes himself as efficient as possible and as effective as possible as he can in whatever situation he's in and obviously we love seeing Oliver score because you know he always has these like really interesting shots like you know every every time Oliver can get it in the back of the net it's great but it's these other moments that are really going to help us in these situational games where we're either, you know, struggling to come back, we're struggling to stay ahead. Like, he's going to be that impact player for us. And, you know, he's just he's just such an effective leader. And I think, you know, he is that lead-by-example guy. So my third star goes to Oliver. My second star goes um, to someone for very similar reasons, but also because he got his first official goal back as a blue jacket. So my second star is Yakov Warchuk. Um, you know, obviously if it was up to us, this would have been his second official goal, but you know, whatever, they don't count shootout goals um, towards their numbers, but you know, it's his first, you know, regular season goal back with the blue jackets. Um, I just continuously, become more and more impressed with what an effective player he is, what a good addition he is to this team and the, the difference that he makes in any pairing of players that he plays with, whether it be his regular line, which has been Cole Sillinger and Igor Chinnikov, or whether it's on the power play or the penalty kill, like, he just is an effective player everywhere he goes. And I know, similarly to what I said with Oliver, he's leading by example. And those are going to be those really, really important moments um, that keep us in games or, you know, get us to where, I don't know, maybe winning by one or two more than we normally do. Um, so, yeah. So, my second goes to Jakob Orczyk. And then my first star, just, you know, because how can you not? He just, he was the energy for these two games. So my first star goes to Columbus's own, Sean Corrale. Um, His first two goals, his, you know, energy to be playing for this team in the town that he grew up in and, you know, really being the prime example, him and Jack, of 
the type of hockey town that we are and the type of players that Columbus can produce that go out into becoming NHLers. And, you know, I think we're just very lucky and I can't wait to see, you know, this, this fire that Sean has lit, how, how much further it goes. Um, and yeah, his line, even though I still have my own trust and issues with uh, Alexander Texier, his, uh, his line really kept us in it for as much as we could be um, these past two games. I really thought this was going to be when you like bought into Alexander Texier a little bit. I really thought he was going to be one of three stars. Oh my God. I mean, I just, it, it'll it be, I need some time. There needs I, to be I some think, other things that solidify. I think it's hard to argue with the fact that I think he was a top player for this team this weekend. Oh, I'm not saying he wasn't. Okay. I'm just saying that the consistency is not there. And so I don't trust him. Fair. So I, yeah, also I'm fairly certain that Voracek is also on a five game point streak with Bjorkstrand. Like I'm fairly certain. Uh, So yeah, I mean, those two, it's quiet. Like the way that those two are racking up points, but it's at a pace. It's like incredible. (laughs) Like, especially for, for Bjorky, like as of right now, he has, Oh my God. I started talking about stats before I looked about 15 points, right. In, in these uh, 12 games. And let's see, let's do some really quick math here. Sponsored by iPhone calculators. That's 102 points, right? Like he would be the first ever blue jacket to score hundred points in a season. Like that's not anything to turn your nose to. And I obviously think that at some point, right. Like he, he comes off of that pace a little bit. He returns to earth, but like, 70 to 80 points isn't out of the question for Oliver Bjorkstrand this year, as long as he stays healthy. And and similar with, with Jakob Voracek, I mean, he's averaging a point a game. Patrick Laine, you know, obviously, like, hurt, right? But in the nine games that he's played this season, has 10 points. Like, this team is producing offensively in a way that it hasn't in the last year, and that's really exciting to watch. And I think that we're all kind of, like, taking for granted, and I think the league and people watching around the league are taking for granted – just how skilled this team is offensively specifically in the likes of Oliver Brookstrand because he's really good. And I'm hoping that like he gets some love in the Olympics too. Like he's obviously he's going to the Olympics uh, with team Denmark, their first ever time being in the Olympics. And so that's really exciting. He's going to be a really key piece in that. And they're in a really tough uh, pool. I actually, I'm fairly certain they're in the same group as uh, the Czech Republic. So your second and third star are going to be going up against each other in the Olympics. Uh, So it'll be really fascinating to watch. I'm I'm really excited to see how that goes for him. And hopefully him on a national stage is a really good thing. But yeah. Yeah. And and the good news for the Blue Jackets is they're playing three games in four days, which means that they can forget about these two. Obviously you don't want to burn the tape. You want to learn from it, but they can move past these two and move right on to Detroit. Correct. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely not going to be on it this week just because of this weekend, but you know, we, we love being the underdog and no one's ever going to believe. I, I still think to this day, the day that we win the Stanley cup, people are still going to be like, what? No, they didn't. Like, you know, it'll be all of this, but like we did, I mean, we weren't on it at all last year, Uh, but we did finally break the sweet 16 or top 16 or whatever you want to call it um, for the NHL this past week. And not only I thought for sure if we broke into it, we'd be like number 16, like barely made it. We were 12 and it was really nice. And I think the highest, didn't you say the highest we got ranked was like number six by someone? Yeah. Which I was like, thank you. Um, And, you know, and it is like, especially after, you know, tougher, tougher games like this, like our wins still outweigh our losses right now. Um, And, you know, we just, we're finding a way. We're not we're not meeting the negative expectations that so many other people that 
look at this game and look at whatever have set for us. And, you know, that's a big thing. It's a big thing to remember, you know, after these sorts of things, but also we're, we're going to get back into a very much more regular schedule between now and February. So yeah. there's not going to be these huge breaks um, and we're going to be playing regularly. So it's going to be important to, you know, find, find the fun dip in every situation essentially and don't give a shit about what other people say about us (laughs) because they don't know that last one's a challenge to yourself it is i was literally manifesting it out to myself fair (laughs) not give a shit about what other people say about our team the bad news the bad news for the blue jackets is that every team in the metro still remains above 500 at 500 or above. That's because our division is not fair. And no it's offense so to anyone bad. who is big fans of any sort of West team, but that fucking division is not fair to even the rest of the divisions. Like, they're just not as strong of teams in the West as there are in all the other divisions. And I will especially say, in the Metro. I will say that right now, we would but Anaheim be. is kicking ass, so Anaheim is so weird right now. Uh, but I will say that if we were in the Atlantic division, we would be in sixth. No, we'd be in fifth. We'd be in fifth in the Atlantic. We would be in seventh in the Pacific. So can't talk too much tra- trash on the West right now. And we would be in fifth in the central. So we're pretty middle of the road, like in most divisions right now, just based on yeah, everything. But, but we also, also have only. We're also like 12 to 15, depending on what team you are, 12 to 15 games in. And right. this is really where it, like, once we get to like January and beyond, is where the fact that the Metro is like stupid is going to become apparent. So unless one or two of the teams in the Metro, hopefully not us, really just start tanking it. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to have to start happening because we haven't played teams in the Metro, really. And uh, we the one time we played a team, in the, uh, we've played Carolina once, we've played New Jersey once, we've played New York twice, and we've played Washington um, once. Those are the teams we've played in the Metro, yes. Something's got to change, girl, because we play more teams, we play more games in the Metro than any other division, and we're one and four <laughs> against teams in the Metro. So, so that's where things are going to start to get complicated, right? Because then you're going to start playing teams in your division, and if the division is as good as people say it is, it could get rocky. Right. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. But we're not playing a team in the Metro on Monday. We're playing the Detroit Red Wings. And it'll be interesting to see if Elvis Merzlikens or if Jonas Corposali gets to start. I'm really hoping it's it's Elvis because I really need him to to display his new third jersey uh, pads that he has. Because the Jackets are wearing their third jersey on Monday. Yes, there's lots of opinions about these new pads that Elvis has. Like... Hockey Twitter is so negative sometimes, but my God, the negativity around some freaking goalie pads was just insanity for a couple of days. Um, but so yeah, I'm anxious. I'm excited to if Elvis gets to start on Monday. Um, I hope he wears the new pads. I do too. I it's like it's like the one time that he like edged us with the skyline pads. Yes, where he was like, ooh, look, I think they're going to look great with the third jerseys. And I, you know, Elvis is going to be Elvis in as many aspects of his life as possible. And he saw a picture of a previous goalie for the Blue Jackets, got inspired and decided to go about it his own way. And, you know, it's really just hilarious how passionate some people are about goalie pads. But this is true. As if there's not anything else in the world going on. 
I can't wait to see what people say about his new mask because he just got a new mask done too. So, and it's got Stinger all over it. And it also has hidden graphics that are only appear hidden, under blacklight. So, any of the hidden graphics of Boomer? No, none of them are Boomer. I apologize. No, I don't want it. I don't want it. But it is a very cool mask. This is fair. So. This is fair. But what else? Obviously, like hockey for her is you know, is Monday. So that'll be really exciting for folks to get down to increase visibility of some of the really incredible folks who are working in the sport, uh, you know, to give an opportunity for folks who are new to the sport to learn a little bit, uh, to engage with personnel from the team, from the front office, you name it, just all the Blue Jackets things. Uh, And, you know, we are very pro women on this podcast. You know, we are, in fact, 50% yeah, women. We are. Uh, and so, you know, obviously, like, very excited for that. Laura will be at the game. So uh, I can't wait to for all the texts about how the game's going. But what is on your radar aside from Monday's game? Yeah, just uh, Monday's game. I'm excited. Um, taking a mutual friend of ours with me. So you probably get to hear some stories about him being at the game with me um, on our next episode, but just a quick reflection on sort of the, the gravity and, and importance of the, the program that the Blue Jackets put on on Friday for Hockey Fights Cancer. Um, you know, that was such a, like, the whole league participates and it's such an important um, event uh, that I, I'm really proud that they, they participate in. And, um, you know, cancer there's just a bajillion forms of it, you know, and it, it does not discriminate. It does not, you know, care about your, you know, financial standing, your, you know, your race, your ethnicity, your sexuality, cancer affects all of us. And um, it's just such an important thing that, you know, we look to try and find and continue to research ways to eliminate the just innumerable different types of cancer and, you know, a very important night, um, too, for us as well to, to honor Jeremy's mom, um, in the small ways that we could. And, you know, just to see all the survivors. And if you haven't yet, um, go see the video of, of Leo leading, um, the national anthem for, for all those who have been touched, um, either with themselves or with a loved one um, with cancer and everyone seeing the anthem in the arena on Friday night. It's really beautiful. Um, so yeah, it just it was a really special night and we spent way too much money buying um, items from the, the Blue Jackets Foundation that go to support the Hockey Fight Cancer Initiative. Um, but obviously a cause that is, you know, very near and dear to both of us. So Great job to the Blue Jackets team um, marketing our friend um, Catherine and her whole team. Um, they just did just such a great job. Yeah, without a doubt. It was really well done. And my wallet um, is a little bit lighter, but my heart is a little bit fuller. So that's what matters the most. And I cannot wait to uh, – they're sending out the text, I think, Tuesday to see who won the jersey. So stay tuned. Because there might be a New Jersey hanging up in the in the little office in the normal recording space if I win. So fingers crossed, friends. But Laura, I'm you know what? I'm stealing this from you this time. I'm doing okay. it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, I'm gonna do so bad because I tried to record this uh, for the YouTube content, which is another place you can check us out, which we'll get to in a second. And I kept fumbling the bag, so we're gonna see if I can do it well. All right, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So if you want to find us anywhere where finding us matters, which we think is everywhere, you're going to want to go to Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. If you've got a Facebook, you can check us out there, Subjectively Speaking. You can also do the same to find us on YouTube because we're, we're putting content out there. We're really excited to start really pushing out some content onto YouTube with some uh, maybe some just like not exclusive because YouTube do be free, but some some good fresh content that you might not get to see 
on the podcast. And, you know, I think the visual element of this podcast is just as good as the, as the auditory. So auditory anyway uh you can also check out the website that i made because graphic design is my passion uh that's subjectivelyspeaking.com you want some cute merch girl you can get it subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com uh they're gonna have a lot of fun like black friday slash holiday sales coming up soon that i'm sure we will be participating in and so you're gonna want to check that out and get cozy this winter because like i said earlier it do be snowing uh, and then basically just like make sure you're supporting us in any way, shape, or form that you can on Apple Podcasts by subscribing to the podcast, by leaving us a five-star rating, by subscribing to us on Spotify, by sharing our links, all that kind of stuff. It all helps. It all gets us some listens. It all bumps us up the charts. So you know us. We're super vain. We want all the ratings. <laughs> We're needy. We're needy bitches. And you all can help us in that endeavor. But Laura, how'd I do out of 10? What are you going to give that? You give it a 9.4. Thank you. I'll work on the, I'll work on the 0.6 for the next time I steal it. And probably like episode like 104. So I gotta give you, I gotta keep you humble. I do appreciate that. (laughs) I do appreciate that. But until we get a chance to talk to you all next time, hopefully you take care of yourselves. Hopefully you enjoy some hockey on Monday. And if you're listening to this podcast after Monday, sorry about it. Hopefully we won. And we will talk to you all very soon. Bye.